Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, I'm Katie. I'm Anne. And I'm Karen. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy May. Um, this month, my book was our choice um, for this month, and I picked The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Um, and before we get into our synopsis and our discussion today, do we want to go through what are we working on? What's everybody, what, what are you making? I see twinsy projects. <laughs> I am working on my second sample of the Faraway Jumper, which is a class I'm teaching in August. So the first one I made was a smaller size because that's the yardage that I had. And this one is me sized. Um, and I have separated for my sleeves and I'm chugging along on my body. Isn't that such a nice relief? Yes. Right? Mm. It goes very quick. Comparably, anyway. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and Karen? I am also making a faraway jumper um, from Stash. I, I got all the way down to just before the the ribbing, before I had to order something. Oh, yeah? Wow. <laughs> um, well, what I did to extend the case, I didn't have enough for the main color. So And, and also, I really like the color work. So I just repeated the color work pattern all the way down the body. Mm-hmm. Um, with just a little wider gap of the main color in between. Nice. And um, it, it gave me a chance to extend it, but then I realized, well, I still have sleeves. I yeah. I still have ribbing. Still not enough yarn. <laughs> and my road gauge might be a little smaller. It was like, this is going to be a little short, but it, actually it's not short. It's fine. Uh-huh. Um, but I did definitely need the yarn and it came, I was, I only, I, I, I timed it just perfectly. I only had one day where I couldn't work on it before the yarn came. Yeah. So well, that uh, doesn't sound like perfect. That sounds like one day off. But <laughs> well, I had other, I had other things. But oh, I'm sure. I, 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 I understand. Considering I started what two weeks ago. Yeah, I started the week before we left on our on our vacation, and I'm already at the ribbing. <clears throat> nice. It's delight is delightful, and it's not like it's on a ginormous hook either. It's just a very comfortable, repetitive. Nice. Except for the ribbing. Now I'm at the ribbing. It's tedious. <laughs> the ribbing goes fast too. You know? Yeah, it does. I got it done in one sitting You're on my not first one. You're teaching this class, so one could pick up and knit the ribbing. Just you could do saying. whatever you wanted. Well, yeah, that's true. I did change the ribbing. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm doing the um, double slip stitch ribbing instead of. Oh, the that half, does take longer. <laughs> in, instead of the half double crochet, <laughs> it's the same motion, and it's it's, it's, it uses like the a, same stitches. Yeah, but doesn't it have like one extra little? pass no not all it's instead of so i'm grabbing i do a yarn over before i go into the stitch and then i do the back loop i'm pulling up a loop and i'm going to keep on pulling it yeah so it has one less portion than the half double yeah i guess that's right i guess i think it's denser so you have to do more of it but i guess for this it doesn't really make in a this difference. case because i'm using the same i'm i'm <clears throat> using the same stitches i'm it pulls in a little bit more but i like the look of it nice so. what are you making ann um, I am working on the second of the June hats for the Year of Hats. Um, it's a really fun slip stitch and stripe pattern. But I have unlocked something so dumb and simple. Mm. It's mainly a purl pattern. Yeah. But if you change one thing, you can make it a knit pattern. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Just turn it inside out. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was saving that for past. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, cool. I'll show you what you change when you turn I'll, it inside I'll, out. I'll in edit class. that out. I'll edit that out. <laughs> that's cool. You can leave it in. Because um, you do have to think it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and cool. yeah, it's a black and white hat pattern and you can make two out of what you need. So one has white as the dominant color and one has black as the dominant color. And the dumbest thing of all I like about this hat mm. is they show the pom-pom made of like a black and white and a mix of random other yarns. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So I should have some fun making the pom-pom for this one. Nice. All right. Well, I have a little synopsis here of our book for today. Um, I'll go through it and then we could do our like initial reactions before we get into our questions, I guess. Um, so this is from supersummary.com. You know, yeah. It's like a good website. It seemed like the right place to go. <clears throat> okay. So in 1714 in the French village of Vion Soussart, a uh, 23-year-old Addie LaRue is to be married to a widower, widower, that's a hard word to say, widower of three children. Refusing to resign herself to a life of rural domesticity, Addie flees to the forest and prays to entities she calls the old gods. As the sun dips below the horizon, a dark-haired, green-eyed stranger appears to grant her wish. Uh, Eternal life for as long as she wants it. On the day Addie becomes too tired or bored of existence to go on, she will surrender her soul to the stranger. After the surrender, the stranger grants her request Addie realizes there's a major caveat to her everlasting existence nobody remembers her even worse she can neither forge new relationships nor rekindle old ones because whether she is separated whenever she is separated from an individual for even a second that person forgets her anytime Addie tries to write draw or otherwise leave her mark the words and pictures disappear finally although Addie cannot die she still feels pain associated with hunger cold and injury the stranger whom Luke later names, whom Addie later names Luke, expects her to surrender within a year and abandon the extraordinary hardship of her new life. For the first 12 months, she spends most nights on the streets of Paris, subsiding on stolen food and eking out meager wages as a sex worker. During her first winter since the transformation, she effectively freezes to death only to wake up hours later in a cart weighed down by dead bodies. Addie, however, refuses to yield, and over time, she learns to navigate the world without succumbing entirely to loneliness and the pain of starvation. The hardest part of Addie's existence is her inability to forge lasting human connections. The mornings after sex, when her paramours wake up to fe- uh, and fail to recognize her, are the worst. She learns to cope by serving as a muse, and over the years, she leaves her mark on the works of numerous famous artists and musicians. Meanwhile, Luke appears to Addie nearly every year on the anniversary of her curse. Each time she asks, he asks her to yield, and each time she refuses. As the decades and centuries pass, Addie comes to view Luke with something like affection, given that he is only entity who remembers her. In 1952, the two begin a sexual relationship that lasts three decades until Addie breaks it off, convinced that the sex was merely a stratagem employed by Luke to convince her to surrender her soul. The rest of the narrative takes place in New York City in 2014. One day, a young bookseller named Henry remembers Addie after she steals a book from his shop. It's the first and only time any human remembers her in three centuries. Addie and Henry enjoy an idyllic relationship for a few weeks until she discovers the reason Henry remembered her. He, too, made a deal with Luke. Almost a year ago, Henry's then-girlfriend rejected his marriage proposal. In the throes of suicidal despair, he made a deal with Luke to be loved by everyone who meets him after for a year. After the year ends, he will relinquish his life and soul to Luke. 
By the time Addie learns this, Henry only has 36 days left. On what should be the last night of Henry's life, Addie tells him that she made a new deal with Luke. She will be Luke's exclusive romantic partner for as long as he will have her. In exchange, Henry will be permitted to live out his natural life. Addie and Henry never see each other again. Devastated, Henry copes by publishing Addie's life story as a book under the title The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Addie, meanwhile, secretly vows to drive Luke mad to the point he no longer wants to be with her, even if it takes her centuries. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so, what did we think? Looks like the I devil made a book. bad bargain. Yeah. <laughs> I adore, adore, adore this book. Well, I think you chose it. Yeah, I didn't know what it was going to be about, and I was hooked immediately and mm -hmm. continuously, and every part of it was so engrossing. Good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, too. I think that this author did an amazing job. There are a couple things that I wish had happened that we didn't get out of it that I, when I read the like the back cover of the book, I was like, oh, I hope that we see, you know, whatever, but we can get into that. But yeah, I also really loved it. I'm glad I picked it. It was a it was a good choice, I think. So, and uh, I would re I would read this again because I feel like there's probably me something. Too. There's yeah. parts that I probably <laughs> didn't all pick up on. I definitely want to. I want to pick it up. I again. Good. Um, okay. So the book club questions I have for us today is from a website called Libromaniacs, um, and I really like their questions because they all include. Well, most of them include a little quote to like inspire us oh, to, to, to go along mm -hmm. with it. So our first question says, I am stronger than your God and older than your devil. I'm the darkness between stars and the roots beneath the earth. I am promise and potential. And when it comes to playing games, I divine the rules. I set the pieces and I choose when to play. What do you make of Luke? Is he a demon, a God, a monster or something else? Ooh. Like what is he? What is he? He's supposed, we don't to, really he's supposed to be Lucifer. I mean, that's her mm, nickname for him. That's her understanding, yeah, because she can still only process him through her, her you know, 17th century Catholicism. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he never says what he is. He's always like, you think I'm the devil? Or do you think I'm a god? Or like, he's he's always like sending it back to her. It's like, well, like, what do you think I am? Or whatever, you know, she, she calls him the darkness um, she names him Luke, like you said, after Lucifer, but it's not entirely clear what he is or where he came from or how he came to be. You know what I mean? Um, he's seemingly eternal, right? He makes deals with, I, it's, it's, we don't know how many people, but I would right. say hundreds of, of people. Um, he does say he's trying, he wants their soul. Yeah. And there aren't very many entities that we think of that require a soul. Yeah, but the, he's older than than the concept of us, right? You know? like, he's yeah, he's an ancient. Uh, he's still being... presenting himself in frames she can understand. Right, his appearance is her invention, mm -hmm. and so he's still going to explain himself in a way that she can understand. Yeah. Um, she has a benefit over her contemporaries because she's had Estelle's influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the resounding um, chorus of "Don't, don't pray that the doc, the the gods who answer after it's dark." Like, yeah, that's a haunting refrain. Yes, <laughs> probably very good advice. Right? Yes, I, I, <laughs> I can see. I think this, of it often. <laughs> that that part where her interaction happens with him initially. The whole setup of that, 
reminds me of like a movie. I could see it in my head. She's running through the woods. She's praying desperately, not looking behind her. It reminds me. Of, did you guys ever see that movie, um, American Werewolf in London? Yeah. Okay, where they're talking. And you can see they're veering off the road and they're breaking all the rules that they're not supposed to be doing. And as a person in the audience, I want to yell, look out behind you. Get back on the road. You know, don't go in the fog. And I wanted to yell to her, look behind. You know, the, the sun's going down. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she did it in a little bit knowingly? I think she touches on that in her own reflection yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. Like. Would she have stopped praying had she looked at the time? Nope. She talks a lot about how she prayed to the to the gods that answer during the day and never yeah. got anything from any of them. So, and um, Luke, she was pretty desperate. Yeah, Luke mocks her for even trying that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's sort of like the Dare program. You know? <laughs> it's like, mm, don't do these drugs. You might have too much fun. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Ooh, don't pray to the gods that answer after dark because you know they, they might, might answer. answer. <laughs> It's like, well, nobody else answered, so I guess I got to do huh. what I got to do. Yeah, there's there's one more option. <laughs> well, that kind of leads us into our second question. What do you think of Addie's choices? If you were in her situation, would you have done the same? Why or why not? Hmm. Like, what is... So, let's talk about what why she makes this deal. She wants to live a bigger life than she is able to do in her small uh, town in France in the 1700s. Like, she doesn't have any options really she can't go out and make a life on her own and the status that she has she's sort of stuck in doing what her parents have decided basically is going to be her life which is to marry this uh widowed man to to raise his children in in a way that she doesn't like she never envisioned that for herself she's afraid she's never going to get the chance to see or do anything right Mm -hmm. so she's still like like you can't know this if the question is would you act as addy act uh-huh. acted you can't know like if you had forth um hindsight no <laughs> of course she probably would have done the same thing without that hindsight maybe but she's bound to the same life she didn't want yeah yeah i feel like she only had two choices give up any chance of your own autonomy and or have any, you know, and, and and get married, follow through the wedding, or have a chance of being able to have self-determination. Even if it, even if it's going to cost you and even if it's bad, I would probably take, I would still do self-determination. I would still yeah. want a, a hope of controlling my own life versus de- um, guaranteed no hope. Right. There's a known, she does know what one option leads her to for sure. Because yeah. if she chose neither of those options and just ran away on her own, I don't think she would make it very far. She does, right. after the fact, she she walks to Paris. She carves out as much of a life as she can for herself. But she also cannot die mm-hmm. and would have many times yeah. if that had been possible. So, so I don't think that that would have been a, a viable option for very long. It's not like that. She could have been like, no, I want to go live on my own and and runs off and does it because it would have been impossible, right? Well, I was thinking she had kind of the blanket of anonymity where that forgettableness kind of helped her, but at the same time, it hindered her. But like if she, if people could remember her, they would always remember a woman, a lone woman Mm -hmm. walking alone. Again, that's not what women were allowed to, not, 
not reputable women were allowed to do. So she kind of was helped along the way because of her anonymity. Yeah, right. She's a very clever and smart protagonist. Like she mm, is met with so much adversity, but she learns how to play what she's dealt to mm-hmm. her advantage all the way through. Right. Yeah. Um, even though it has like everything has consequences for her. Like I identify with her in that like um, wonderlust and the, you know, romanticizing her tall, dark stranger to come mm-hmm. and um, be her match. Um, but like, if you had any social anxiety, you would have given, you would have given up. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Or you would overcome all of your social anxiety. Yeah. Um, that leads us a little bit into our next question. Um, it says being so quickly forgotten makes Addie almost invisible. She's able to get away with a lot of things like stealing, sneaking into places, using people's homes. What kind of mischief would you get into if you had that ability? <laughs> Ooh. I, I like Well, that... there's a lot of empty homes in Malibu. True. There's a lot of empty <laughs> homes in a lot of really cool places. Yeah. This sort of leads me into one of the things I'm disappointed by by this book mm-hmm. is that she mentions a lot of the places she has been and things that she has seen and traveled yes. and done, but we don't really get to experience anything other than Paris and New York. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She says that she has been to, you know, lots of countries and she's seen a lot of things, but like, I would have liked to see some of those experiences or like one of the reviews I read about this book said that it, you're more being told what happens than shown what happens. So you don't get to like experience like, we don't hear a whole lot about how she is feeling about, you know, her experience. It, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, if we had gone to those places and seen more things, like she saw, an, uh, like, a what was it? A tiger? A mm-hmm. lion? Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But she went to, you know, a lot of cool places that I would have liked to see her perspective on. Right. Like, this does not Bechdel test pass. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's... I, I will advocate for the idea that that's sort of the point is that sure. she's stuck in this this um eternal cage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's defined by what luke has made the bars of her deal yeah and it, so i thought it, it, it she's still kind of in a prison mm-hmm. it's a prison of her own making but she is still very very limited it also shows our need for to be seen you know mm-hmm. and without being seen that uh, i don't know how to yeah yeah it's 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 i just i felt like she was in the she kind of made this prison for herself she didn't want to be imprisoned by a life she didn't choose but then like you said she, before she kind of is but <laughs> she also didn't get to choose the parameters of her <laughs> deal she didn't know that that was part of it so i she, don't think that sh- these were that you could call it a, a prison of her own making because True. she didn't decide that for herself. Um, in desperation, she didn't argue the terms. Well, yeah, well, she because didn't she know didn't, she had to. Because just like we, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, Luke is a gin then, but he's he's none of the choices that we were given in the first question. Mm-hmm. He's um, a a genie, a wish granter, and if you look at those in mythology this is the kind of wishes they grant Mm -hmm. yeah um so the next one says 
uh, quote, all she knows is that she is tired and he is the place she wants to rest and that Sam and that somehow she was happy, but it is not love. Addie and Luke's relationship is is complicated and passionate. Do you think that it is love or was it love at some point or anything else? No. No. It's an abusive relationship. Very much so. This is this beautiful, poetic um, illustration of the patterns of an abusive relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She lets herself find comfort with him for a long time. It was like 30 years that between 1950 whatever and new orleans that she looked forward to seeing him and and found comfort in their time together but it was all a manipulation by luke the whole time he didn't need her or want her in any way that she felt like he did and i i do think it's valid that she found some comfort in that for a while of course but yeah no it's 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 not love so I always kind—I kind of thought that he actually, he did love. I kind of felt that he did love her, but in a very dependent, unhealthy way. He um, does say like it's about need, like I, yeah. I need. Yeah. Um. But but how does an entity need, have needs, and yet? But that's why it's that's why because so- I think she's the challenge. She's the one that keeps getting away, and the more she defies him, the more he wants her. He's so indefinable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not love. It's He doesn't no. need her love her. He's using that as a tool to convince her to give herself over to him. It's all a manipulation, right? Yep. It's obsession. <clears throat> yeah. I don't even know if that's true. It's, it's, it's that he, I mean, he can live forever. He could play this game for as long as he needs to, but yeah. Um... There are days when she mourns the prospect of another year, another decade, another century. There are nights when she cannot sleep, moments when she lies awake and dreams of dying. But when she wakes, she sees the pink and orange dawn against the clouds, hears the lament of a lone fiddle, the music and the melody, and remembers there is such beauty in the world, and she does not want to miss any of it. Um, Addie never seems to tire of exploring the world's art, music, and beauty. Do you think that would be enough to sustain you through a life all alone? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, have you guys ever had that moment of sheer, like, joy? <laughs> like, on a beautiful day where you, you're you doing something beautiful with people you love. Mm-hmm. Or just you're in some beautiful situation and mm-hmm. the joy just, like, yeah. pierces your being. It would yes. have to be the only, I mean, that's the only way she, that she could last as long as she did is she had to find the beauty in the world, right? And there's a lot of it. And I think she's the rare spirit that can. That's why he's True. always so surprised that over 300 years goes by and she's not done living this life. Mm-hmm. Imagine, I mean, I can't even, maybe because she doesn't get old. She's not feeling the effects of age. She gets to be, she has this eternal youth. And so she's not in a body that is, I, I think if we were in a body that didn't feel the effects of age, if I could be in my 23-year-old body again, mm-hmm. forget, about forget about it. Forget about it. Because I would remember now know that was a hot body. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, if it just stayed that way for eternity, yeah. Because mentally she's not staying in that place, but she's no. not really aging either. But she, yeah, I think. You don't think she's mentally aging? I think very, very, very slowly. I don't, I, no, I do think, no, I, I don't, I don't think she's, I think she's gaining 
Maturity? Maturity. And she's getting, she's wising up. She remembers what she's doing. She learns from what, um, she's very adaptable. I feel like, um, but it's not like, as she, she's not getting, losing faculties as some people do. I see. I mean, she, she obviously, her, her mindset can and does change because she does talk about how she has been mad before and, and is, you know, so she went crazy. I love that she got bored with being crazy though. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go back to not being crazy anymore, (laughs) which would be nice if you you could do that. Because there is a mental health aspect to this telling of, you know, permanent solutions for temporary problems that even Addie demonstrates that her level of madness which is pretty justified not that you have to justify your mental state was temporary yeah yeah it's true she got through it um i really liked the way that this book was framed where each part was like represented and started by a work of art love it and Mm -hmm. her life as a muse and all of the all of the artists and musicians and philosophers and people that she has met and touched and and it was really fascinating to hear another person that she had seen or on the flip side to think of how many people you can come up with that had made a deal with luke and you're like that's probably why they were the way that they Mm -hmm. were and i was thinking about that in terms of like you know that what is it the 27 club like yeah, the the, the great musicians who die at 27 right yeah. that it's like well your time is up you get to be 27 oh, and then you're good, done Jimi Hendrix one. or Janis yeah. Joplin or whoever you know all victims of Luke yeah yeah I, I like to think that that is how yeah. that works um okay um and then he whispers three words into her hair I love you he says and Addie wonders if this is love this gentle thing if it is meant to be soft this kind the difference between heat and warmth passion and contentment I love you too she says she wants it to be true do you think that Addie loves Henry or does she love that he can remember her and how does her relationship with Henry differ from her relationship with Luke Because it's a manipulation, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really sad to think that it wasn't true love, you know? You know what's not fair about that is that almost all love is conditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Like, yeah. as humans and what we've defined as love, it's pretty much all conditional. So yeah. <laughs> They both love they fill a need for each other. But look at your own love. Like, isn't that yeah. the truth, too? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, true love as like a pure golden thing is like that sounds great, but that's fantasy that's fiction. not a real thing. <laughs> you know well, how how would you even define it? Right, because we're humans and humans are messy and flawed, so there's no perfect, absolute perfect love that never has any strife or any quarrel or any Mm-mm. problems or any difficulties. It's you know, or like, that you were made for each other. Right, you know. Like, Which is why cynical did you to say, stop but on your husband and on our husbands, you know, we're physically attracted to them mentally attracted to them they fulfill something their reflection of you back Mm -hmm. which i think is what we see um henry fill for addy yeah and literally no reflection of him back right (laughs) what she fulfills for him like the first time my husband said i was pretty it was like i don't know that anybody ever really said that to me before like that's meaningful Mm mm-hmm so it's a reflection of of him of me back from him. Right. So I I think it's 
a healthy and true love. Maybe it's a very human kind of love. Yeah. Which she hasn't been allowed to have. Right. It's very different from Luke because they still have some free will to choose each other. True. I don't know how you couldn't choose the other person or want to be with them 24-7 if if you were so alone all the time in both of their different ways Mm -hmm. that they are. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not true love it it fulfills a really desperate need for both of them right and it makes mm-hmm. them happy well so that sort of frames it as a codependency yeah yeah that's, which it may be yeah that's kind of what i was thinking right yeah it's so interesting she, so it let's let's say henry didn't have a time limit because I, I was thinking about this if henry didn't have a time limit would they still stick together would time change their relationship? I mean, is it romantic? Is it because he has a time limit? Well, I that don't there's think a lot of intention, but he I mean, he always had a time limit. She just didn't know the definition of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she they would have. I'm saying, but let's let's say in a theoretical, in a different a different scenario, that he Henry did not have a time limit. So were you saying didn't have a time limit and gets to live a human life or is immortal like Addie? Is immortal like Addie. Because she knows that he's not immortal. Like she's under the impression that that there is, like Anne said, there's a time limit present. She just thought it was a life. 60 years or whatever. What I'm saying, okay, let's say maybe he doesn't have, he gets to, he's not immortal, but he gets a, a regular human life. 60 years I know it's not a big deal. Well, 60 years is still a ways on her. I mean, she's still... But she commits to that. She commits to that. But what if... I'm just saying, in the long, long run, would they become like all other human relationships and grow and just have different habits? As they Right now, they're still... I mean, they barely know each other. It's still in the, the throes of new dating, in a sense. Right? But, but you can't define their relationship in in a human terms because Addie is not even sure if she is a human. You that's know? true. That's a point that is made in, later mm-hmm. in the book is like, he's like, you're not human anymore. And she's like, I am a human. And then she starts to question whether or not she is herself. So, so I don't think that, that you can know how mm-hmm. their relationship would change. And I don't think that it would in the same way that anybody else's relationship would tend to you know with age and with but people are married for 50 years you know like Mm -hmm. well let's think about this he uh, if they stood alone in their characters outside of the definitions of the things that bring them together Mm -hmm. he lusts for life and she lusts for life yeah he is unsettled and wants to try everything yeah okay she wants to experience everything I think that they'd still be a good still match work. Yep. outside their definitions of of each other. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think that 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 a I person was... like like Henry who is more I I would <laughs> what am I trying to say? Introverts and extroverts is so sort of how I like would define each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can find each other and fill that need for each other pretty easily. Yeah. So I, I think that they would match up regardless of if they had this thing. But then it makes me think about like Remy. Mm-hmm. If she had met him and he remembered her in the same way, 
that she meets Luke because she talks about and remembers Remy all the time and yeah. how much mm-hmm. she loved him in whatever way she can figure that out. Like, would that have been the same thing? You know what I mean? Because Possible. because we, I mean, there. I don't believe in the idea that there's like, I mean, right? Yeah, like there is no true like other half soulmate. Soulmate. Mm-mm. In in my opinion, mm-hmm. I agree. There are people who match us best. But there's so many human beings on the planet that statistically there's going to be more than one and of them. And isn't it convenient <laughs> that we mostly find our soulmates near to where we live? Like right. my, my soulmate doesn't live yeah. in China. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, well, that's why I don't believe in soulmates. <laughs> that makes me think of another great book. Okay. Which, um, because how sad back. would it be that your soulmate, you could go your whole life and never connect with your soulmate if you only have this one opportunity. I, I love that that that's not that you know i mm-hmm. i just think that how sad would that be if you missed well, out on that one yeah of. she knew she wasn't getting that yeah <laughs> in her in her first um life path choice that yeah, brought her right. to this one she knew she was not getting that she was getting no choice this was not her true match on you know it it's mm-hmm. the idea of marriage as a business arrangement you know yeah Part of this <clears throat> remind me a little bit also of Fifty First Dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially her her time with Remy, because she was always trying to okay, well, I'm gonna do something different next time, and maybe, maybe, um, but yeah, um, okay, um, a secret kept, a record made, the first mark she left upon the world. Long before she knew the truth that ideas are so much wilder than memories that they long and look for ways of taking root. Addie laments not being able to leave a record or make a mark on the world. How does she find ways of working around this? She can't write her own name. She can't draw a picture. She can't leave a footprint. She can't, you know. She can't rebuild the house. No. (laughs) Um, Well, she has turned it to good use Mm -hmm. inspiring beauty and just like relentless stick with itness until her idea takes Mm -hmm. yeah becomes um well formed i love toby's song about her because it's so so close Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it so close to to being to telling her story Yeah. yeah That's true. Um, I I felt like she, w- because she was able to leave even a, the barest, barest impression. To me, all these, the, over time, it's like, you don't necessarily see the water wearing away at the rock to create a, a fissure or a shape. And I feel like her, in, um, her influence, she wasn't entirely invisible. Because she could, over time, make an impression over and over again enough to be someone's muse. Yeah. An unspoken muse. Um, And so much so that that she left her mark in all of these different artworks and forms in a way that B was able to follow that path without even knowing her. To find her in all this art and to know, like, hey, I think this might be the same person in all of these pieces of artwork. That, that, that she was able to insert herself so many times that she was so very close to being remembered without any, you know, mm-hmm. without Henry writing and, and, and publishing his book about her, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I um, 
I love Beatrice. Yeah. 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 Because she's just this special little Easter egg of a character. Mm -hmm. Um, You remind me of an art theory. Yeah. (laughs) Every time. Every sparkle. I do know people like that, though, that, like, every time you see them or whatever, like, you hear the same story or they say the same things to you. And, like, (laughs) I can imagine that Addie would be so tired <laughs> just so tired <laughs> be like i know or you'd have to come up with it first you'd be like hey what time period of art do i remind you of lee she's like oh my god i was just thinking the same thing get out it's of like, my head get out of my head yeah um i'm gonna skip a question so that we can go into which character was your favorite yeah yeah, yeah. B. Um, okay, now I'm going to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Time is discussed quite a bit in this story. In the infinite amount of time Addie and Luke have, the brief amount of time that Addie has with any particular person, and the short amount of time Henry thinks he has to live. What does it make you think about the amount of time in your own life, and what do you do with it? (laughs) Forget about it. I'm not even going to participate in this question. I know. It's it's so hard (laughs) when you think about... Like, what would I do if I was in this situation or whatever? And especially for Henry, who has, like, one year to live. I'm like, why are you wasting your time in the bookstore every day? But I don't know, you well, know? All, and that's and that's a good question. Like, we all have a limited amount of time. We don't know what it is. Right. And if I could see where my life ended, I'd be like, why was I spending so much time doing this one thing and not this other thing, you know? But you don't know. Mm-mm. But he does know. Yeah. And the, like... Do you want to be remembered for something or do you just want to live a quiet, contented life? Yeah. And yeah. not leave a mark. Like Yes, that thing. <laughs> that's that's me. Do you are you gonna make a mark or are you not? The time's going by. Um trying to leave a mark creates takes a lot of energy. And I just don't know if I've ever had the energy to it, do that. I don't know if it does. I think everybody leaves their mark in their own way. Well, that's Addie's influence on each of these artists. Right. If she leaves an internal mark through time. Spent in one evening or whatever. She can't leave her own executed mark. Um, My daughter had a choir performance last night and they they close this performance every year. I guess it's tradition to sing the song from Rent, Seasons of Love, that starts with the Uh 525,600 minutes. Yeah. Like that is that is a year yeah <laughs> and if that's all you had and then to think like the writer of that song he died soon after suddenly like he didn't know the time he had and mm-hmm. he left this mark that um that's true carries on yeah i guess you never is know it's possible to leave a mark but not be aware of it oh yeah yeah all right so npr does that unsung heroes story um my unsung hero story um project and, like, uh, one that popped up in my feed yesterday was a woman who was cornered by two men on a college campus. And a guy driving by stopped and talked to the men and gave her a chance to run away. Mm-hmm. She has no idea who that person is. Yeah. But he saved her life that night. Yeah. For whatever I, I outcome also, was coming. I also think in, this, in the sense of, like, the mark that you leave on other people and the influence that you have in other people's lives that you may or may not be aware of. Like, mm-hmm. I think about my grandpa mm-hmm. and how I think he probably would have said that he lived a simple life that he never really intended to to make a mark on on you know people's mm-hmm. lives or whatever but I remember at his funeral all of these like former boy scouts that came forward to say all of the things that Mr. Mahan taught him or like all of the ways that they made that he made a difference for them 
and I don't think my grandpa was aware of any of those things, yeah. you know? But mm-hmm. all of these people that had a thing to say that was like, he did this really important thing for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's totally possible to be completely unaware of the fact that you have touched other people's lives, you know? Yeah. That saying of people may not remember you, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, my last question says, what do you think will happen with Addie and Luke? Will she give in to him? <laughs> will she defeat him? Will they stay together forever? <laughs> Addie will definitely win. I think yeah. so, too. That, that she's I, nothing that I if no not doubt. tenacious, you know? Yeah, she's already proven her grit for 300 years. Yeah, she could go forever. She could go for thousands of years. Yeah, and if he's... she hasn't given up in 300 he's lost yeah and he well i don't know he's eternal so True. 300 years i mean but they drop. all are i mean they both right? are but he is not getting what he expected out of her 300 times over true because he said that he expected her to not last the year mm-hmm. he figured that first anniversary he's gonna repersal and be done he's like i'm done i want out of here yeah 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 i think it it goes to show that like she has like the whole point of the ending is she has learned a lot about him she knows him better than anybody else like we don't know all of his other deals and, and markings and and things like that but we are led to believe that she is the one that is like the stickiest you know she she knows him the best and i don't know if that's true or if that's just what he tells her but that too yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um because he's a liar well but <laughs> actions speak louder than words right true. yeah he he keeps he keeps at her and keeps at her in ways that are <clears throat> like he she's seen him with his his intended victims of the, true you know soul victims reaping yeah <laughs> and so he looks different with them true than he mm-hmm. does with her in his manner with yeah. them i would say because of course i'm i was thinking when he came for beethoven what did he look like to beethoven yeah mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. i i can't imagine that he would appear as Luke to no. anyone else. Well, no, but it, you're be- sort of led to believe that he looks like Luke to Henry too. Yeah, because Henry looks like Luke, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that part. I know that he. I thought Luke looks like her dream person that she drew mm-hmm. in a journal. So does but, Henry, and Henry does too. But Henry does too, but it's not in the same subtle. way. Yeah, it's very subtle. <clears throat> she just says something like she, she says, "There's something about the shape of the mouth." Or so, and his and, dark curls are different, but they're still yeah. And yeah. his eyes are are not quite the same green. They're more oh, they're gray green or something. Yeah. yeah. But what are the odds that she would just happen to go in and steal a book from a bookstore? I think the odds are one because Luke was orchestrating it yeah. oh that's right i forgot he yeah. was orchestrating it because otherwise yeah the 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 it's billions right there's billions of people in the world mm-hmm. so the odds are crazy but mm-hmm. that was one thing that go when i was reading the book i was like i was in that same mindset i'm like well isn't it convenient that you two found each other mm-hmm. but then once i realized what was going on i was like mm-hmm. oh okay i see so i guess that leads me to a question is like how soon did you see it coming that henry was also had also made a deal with Luke. Because there's something about him, and you're like, what's going oh. on with that guy? Oh, as soon as he recognized her, I knew something. As soon as he saw, not recognized, as soon as he remembered her, I thought, something's up. Yeah, but how did, when did you know that he had his own deal? Because I was under the impression that, like, well, maybe Luke put him there to be different. Maybe he's not real. Maybe he's 
a version of Luke or something like no, that. No, I th- I thought mm. right away he was someone who made who who made a deal with the devil mm. right away. Um, the fact because all these all these centuries go by and not one person remembers her, but he remembers her. Yeah. So I I thought then he had his own secret. Um, well, I recognize there was a secret at that point. But I will say that it, it, I had to be told. What his I don't was. think until she starts noticing how he's different. Like, they go to the food truck thing and she's like, why was that lady crying when she was talking to you? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, whatever reason. Or he has, mm-hmm. like, that panic attack in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And he talks all the time about, like, about how things move so fast. It's like, don't you think, like, it was when those sort of hints started dropping that I was like, Oh, I bet he has a deal going on. I don't know what it is, but something mm-hmm. he's got some kind of deal, you know. Um, okay, that is the end of my questions for this book. So I'm glad you guys both liked it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Thank you to Tamra Books for recommending it as mm-hmm. one of their like staff favorites from whenever it was released because I was like, that seems like a book I want to read. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great book. <clears throat> I, I hate hearing people be like, Oh, that book's over um overhyped is not some things are hyped (laughs) some things are overhyped but Mm -hmm. some things are justified in the amount of attention that they get Mm -hmm. you know and i thought this was really good i agree Mm -hmm. yep and i i recommend that you guys read more of her books yeah i would like to yeah so uh anybody else read anything good this month i didn't (laughs) karen's got a big stack there i got a stack plus i have audiobooks too (laughs) this is a I was I did I, it was a very productive month since our last time, and that's usually means because I've I've done a lot of like audio audible reading. Um, I do have some regular books too though. So I started Don't Fear the Reaper before, and I finished it, mm-hmm. and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Which um, is the second book, the second book from the something like Indian, not Indian like the there's a, the the ser- it now has a it's series on the back name. Of the book. <laughs> we read the first one the, the first one my heart is a chainsaw yes there you my go. heart is a, there it is so this is the sequel oh the indian lake trilogy book one was my heart is a chainsaw this is book two it's possible there might be a third book i don't know but he's got more yeah this is definitely good um i've got a book i just started by um initi okafor sorry <laughs> called i've been wanting to re- to read it for quite a while and then i noticed it besides book two book three in the series came out i'm like oh, okay let me grab it so it's akata witch um and it's it's a fantasy epic but it's kind of set in modern times there's like the people that live in this world but there's also another realm that they can cross in and out of sometimes uh she's it's this character that lives in nigeria but she was born in new york so she's um, and she, she, her features are West African, but she's albino. It's, it's, um, and she's part of a quartet of magic students, um, studying the visible and invisible. Um, so I just started that like literally yesterday. That was really good. I have a couple of non-fiction type books. This is, um, I started doing exercise every night. Their time, their time frames do not match reality. <laughs> it takes me what's supposed to take 15 minutes really does take way longer but i got one of those habit nest journals um and this one's on stretching and it's a little bit and they've got pictures and and i do that and i had one more it's the tunisian crochet stitch dictionary 
it's different from if you were if you only got one book and you wanted to learn that would be the Tunisian crochet beginner beginning beginners the one by uh, Tony Lipsy that would be the one to get but the next step if you want to do more and have swatches and learn more stitches this one by Anna Nikki Piro Pirowitz I think that's how you say her name is really good. It's 150 essential stitches with actual size swatches, charts, and step-by-step photos. I like it because it's got color photos. It reminds me in a way of Wendy Bernard's books where you have illustrations, you've got charts, you've got... It's really well done and um, I'm using it to design a, a poncho right now. Nice. So. And anything? Um, lots of audiobooks also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reading more Louise Penny. I'm up to the seventh book, I think. So nice. I've got ten more to go. <laughs> um, I did read To Kill a Mockingbird, which is a book my son just finished in um, freshman English. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hits different as an adult. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. Still good. Uh, just different. Um, yeah. Cool. That's what I finished. All right. <laughs> well... Uh, drum roll, Anne. What are we going to read next month? Okay. What's our next book pick? Our next book pick is The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornichek. Okay. It is The Witch's Heart. Mm-hmm. It was published in 2021. Uh, there is a follow-up book if you guys enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a banished witch falls in love with the legendary trickster Loki, she risks the wrath of the gods in this moving, subversive debut novel that reimagines Norse mythology. Okay. Angerbuda um, <laughs> is a great website. So, summary, what is it? Super summary. Super summary. Com is cool. Mm-hmm. How to pronounce.com. Yes. Life changing. That is also a good website. <laughs> so, I practiced that one. Angerbuda story. Of course, she, I listened to the audio sample too. They never said her name in the audience. That's the author? Uh, No, that's the... There's more summary. Oh, God. Sorry. (laughs) Her story begins where most witches' tales ends with a burning. A punishment from Odin for refusing to provide him with the knowledge of the future. The fire leaves Angoboda injured and powerless, and she flees into the farthest reaches of a remote forest. She is found by a man who reveals himself to be Loki, and her initial distrust of him transforms into a deep and abiding love. Their union produces three unusual children, each with a secret destiny, who Angerboda is keen to raise at the edge of the world, safely hidden from Odin's all-seeing eye. But as Angerboda slowly recovers her prophetic power, she learns that her blissful life and possibly all existence is in danger. With help from the fierce huntress Skadi, who with whom she shares a growing bond, Angerboda must... Choose whether she accepts the fate she has foreseen for her beloved family or rise to remake their future. From the most ancient tales, this novel novel forges a story of love, loss, and hope for the modern age. Hmm. Um, I don't go by reviews very much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I check the star rating. <clears throat> um, but a lot of time I just like organically pick up a book that looks good to me. Uh-huh. Uh, but I didn't have time to go to the bookstore this month. So... <laughs> Uh, everybody shed a tear. They couldn't go to the bookstore. Uh, They're moving. I know, just walking up the street. Yep. <laughs> so this has zero per- or 1% one star reviews out oh, of okay. like 30,000 reviews. Cool. Wow. And um, 
it's sort of fun to read the one star reviews on books. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> the first path I went down was um, uh, it was a list of books that have summer in the title. And one actually sounded pretty good. Now I can't remember the title of it. Um, but the one star review is like, you would have to be a left wing virtue signaler to love this book. Great. <laughs> so I'll love like, it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the next review was like, I really wish the last three years hadn't happened. So the last thing I want to do is read a book about vaccines and masks. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is getting better. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love when I love looking up the reviews. I usually, I'll maybe look at like the star rating before I choose a book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, usually I'm with you. I'm like, this looks good. I want to read it. Yeah. Um, but I like looking at the reviews afterwards and I like to see like generally all the five star reviews are like, this is great. And then I like to look at like the three stars three, to be yeah, like, exactly. mm, I loved it, but here's a thing that I didn't like. And yep. then the one stars are just so much fun to yeah. read. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not like a one star review of like a Yelp restaurant. I'm like, no. I'm not going there. Or like, ew, that's gross. Or like, that doesn't affect me because like, I liked this book and yeah. I want to read it. <laughs> that's just your opinion, man. It's not like a, like a. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> the three, but I think three star reviews are a good place to judge a book because mm-hmm. you're getting pretty balanced, yeah, reviews from yeah. somebody who gave it three stars and actually wrote something. <laughs> yes, that is also helpful. Yeah, because five star reviews are not helpful. You're yeah. like, I loved it. You're like, okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I'm glad you loved it. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we will see you guys next month for that. Make sure you check out our Patreon if you want more from us that's patreon.com slash strings unraveled i think um there's a link to it in the description so you can click on that um and we'll see you in a couple weeks for our regular podcast episode as well so happy reading happy Happy stitching happy whatever you're doing and we'll see you next time bye bye Strings Unraveled is a production of Strings and Things Studio with Anne Lecrevin Cazzoli, Katie Von Rader Fraker, and Karen Wilmoth. Recorded and edited by Katie Von Rader Fraker. Find us online at stringsandthingsstudio.com or on Facebook or Instagram at Strings and Things Studio. You can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com. 